0: yeah well that's great Uh, but I'll tell you man it's it's amazing the sound I'm getting here it's crazy
1: okay good yeah
0: beautiful I think you sound better than me and I'm
1: plugged in directly into the mixer (laughs) so (laughs) well this is a thousand dollar microphone oh yeah that's a couple hundred above mine so okay
0: hey what's going on peoples did you miss me Yeah, it's been a while since I've recorded an episode of the Backstage Cowboys podcast, and the main reason for that is, well, the industry in general has been pissed off lately. And to be honest, so am I. These killer shutdowns get to you for some reason. I don't know, maybe it's because everything we represent suddenly doesn't mean shit anymore. A friend of mine told me he was fed up of his job and wanted to become a light guy like me. I said, that doesn't exist anymore. Find something else. Yeah, I know I'm dramatizing and this will all come to an end at some point. But reality is that some of our colleagues didn't make it. I've seen more suicides in the past couple of years than in my whole life. Speaking of which, I have a message. Peoples, the community is still here. You are not alone. If you're in distress, speak out man, post something on Facebook, or call, text, or email someone, anyone. You wouldn't believe how many friends you have that are willing to go out of their way to give you a hand. I mean it. Alright, enough said, let's have some fun. On this episode, we talk with a true gentleman, Matthew Cool. Matthew is the owner of the Elron Group, an event planning and production company. I've known him for quite a few years, as we worked together back when I was an active lighting designer and operator. So, we'll get on with the show after this short word from our sponsor. Always wanted to say that. I sound like a radio announcer. The Backstage Cowboys podcast is brought to you by AVL Media Group and Avolights, who make the best lighting consoles in the world. If you live in Canada, you now have access to the Avalite's Academy online learning platform. The cost is $229, and that includes an editor Evo key delivered directly to your door. Head on over to BackstageCowboys.com and click on the Avalite's Academy logo to get all the details. Now, if you don't live in Canada, well, that means you're in another country. So if you're in the United States, head on over to avalites.us. Anywhere else in the world, just go directly to Avolights.com and you'll find all the resources available in your country. And now, let's get on with the show. Here is another episode of the Backstage Cowboys podcast. Where's my drummer?
1: I've how you, how you doing? I am super well, considering what's going on in the planet and what's going on around us. Um, yeah, I'm in a good. I'm in a good place right now. I'm a happy guy.
0: Well, I'm, I'm glad for you. I mean, I see that you're uh, you're active and you're doing all sorts of stuff. I don't know where to begin with you, man. <laughs> 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 There's a lot of stuff to I, talk about here. <laughs> I
1: I wear a lot of hats. Yeah, that's for sure. I got, yeah. I got a couple. So ha- yeah listen you
0: you 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 do have a couple uh, of hats i mean the uh, when we met you were uh you had this company called Elron uh, still do still do okay and and you were doing
1: all the corporate gigs for Bombardier i believe right That is right um i'm with a few other smaller clients but that's a pretty big uh, client to try to keep happy. So it ends up taking up a lot of your time. But uh, yeah, so I got that. I got the Aileron Group thing going on, which is producing corporate events. Um, we, we, we do a lot in aviation. We've, you know, when Bombardier split up and went into a bunch of different uh, pieces, um, I was lucky enough to keep relationships with all the people that were splitting up. So, you know, we're doing stuff with uh, Airbus, Mitsubishi. Um, hmm. so, so it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, still doing uh, corporate AV, been in that business. F- my God, since, uh, since the early nineties. Wow. Professionally. Yeah. So it's been, hmm. a, been a while. Yeah. That's where we met. I was doing lights for you. Yeah. I do have and a you, couple I, of anecdotes. Yeah. <laughs> You, and you were very very good at it i do recall that and <laughs> and a hard worker holy smokes man like you don't you don't catch too many lds that you know push boxes if you know what i mean i'll take your word for it <laughs>
0: <laughs> i remember well, one in the time, day yeah in the day back in the day yeah when i you know when i wasn't lazy like i am now funny <laughs> funny enough
1: i mean i i was so out of shape at the time <laughs> Uh, and well that's a whole other story right there because you're like a whole different person from the guy i met like way back when yeah
0: funny Uh, yeah i mean i would have i it would have helped if i would have had the shape i have now back then and no kidding whatever i mean i was younger it didn't really matter to me at the time we're all envious (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i remember one time i don't remember where we were atlanta or something um, we were lighting up a plane. So we were mm-hmm. putting up towers between the, the the planes and hanging these huge lights on the towers. Yeah. And I remember with the crew that I had, this, there was this one person, uh, one particular person. <laughs> I said, your job, you keep both hands on that road case and you keep it from going <laughs> anywhere. Because if that rolls off and hits a plane, it's really going to screw up my day.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I, and you see you you got it right away a lot of guys don't get that like how expensive these things are that we're working around and you know trussing and and genie towers and airplanes just don't mix very well i hey, know no. <laughs>
0: <do>. <laughs> i was surprised they let us out there actually
1: yeah yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Every time I do it, I'm like, "You guys are crazy." But yeah, I guess they I've... trusted
0: that you know the professionalism, and, and that's that's one thing that, uh, that that I really admire in you. It's the uh, it's the organization and the professionalism uh, that you've always wow. had, and and the recognition. I mean, I remember one time when you guys were setting up a hundred and twenty six foot LED screen outside. Mm. Um, there was a shitload of servers that didn't match yep. up together very well they weren't synchronized <laughs> or something like that you guys spent the whole night yep. on it and uh, we did. eventually got it to work which which i found funny instead of you know instead of um, unveiling the new plane let's build a screen the size of the plane <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, that's was a <laughs> crazy idea
1: back then when you know doing screens that big was just not heard of like it it actually won a a world record for the largest temporary outdoor screen ever built really at the at the time yeah wow we we it was in uh, the guinness book of world records oh or not. <laughs> glad to hear that <laughs> hey i was there <laughs> i mean there's been many a screen much bigger uh built since then but uh, at that time we we had the record which is hey, kind of wow. cool
0: yeah I just imagine the network you know well
1: a, a, a mutual friend and a former Backstage cowboy guest, Yann uh, Bertrand was uh, the guy behind all of that. Yep. He uh, he was the mastermind. I just stood there and shouted, you know, ideas of why it might not be working, which you don't really want when you're troubleshooting. <laughs> 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 he looked at me a few times with the with one eyebrow up, like really, like don't you wow. have somewhere to don't you have somewhere to be? But we eventually uh, figured out a way around it and made it work, which is typical of most av gigs that i've ever been involved in that have an issue you just keep working it until you either a figure it out or figure a workaround out one or the other yeah um and uh, it's just being persistent and and not giving up and the show must go on kind of attitude right
0: yeah exactly so that's what what, you have to be passionate to do this job 100% because that's what keeps you up. That's what keeps you going. That's what kept me going with like 80 pounds overweight. Um, it it was a passion. I mean, for some reason I got over everything and, and and just went for it. Listen, I, as usual, I don't know where to begin. Um, here's, (laughs) I'd like to ask you one question to start with, like we're going to get eventually to what you're doing now. But I'd like to understand where you come from. I mean, where, where did all this start? Where, what did you, you know,
1: where, (laughs) how did you get to, to doing what you do now? I can pinpoint the time exactly when the light went on in my head. I was in grade four elementary school. Wow. Yeah. And the vice principal of my school, uh, Don Hastings, um, he, he. Invited me to come see a new piece of equipment that the school had just gotten and it was a umatic three-quarter inch Video recorder, so it had these massive tapes Wow and a separate video camera with a big wire in between the two And he says I think this is something you might be interested in and when I saw it I was like my jaw just hit the floor and Was we that, played was with that it. color or black and white at the time? It was black and white. Yeah, country. well, I think we have
2: the same one
0: at our school.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I mean, Mr. Hastings is long gone, unfortunately, but uh, I was lucky enough. My, my daughter had him at her school many years later, and I told him that story, and he remembered it, mm-hmm. and I thanked him, and I said, the reason I'm doing what I do today is because of you, and I can't thank you enough. And it was the coolest day ever to be able to meet that guy again and to thank him for that moment. Uh, but yeah, that that set off the, the 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 fire in my in my brain, and I was like, I want to do this kind of stuff. So from there, um, you know, went to high school and joined the computer clubs that there were. Um, into CJEp, I was. I did one semester in pure and applied, and I'm like, this isn't what I want to do in life. I want, I want to be more creative than this. And I went into creative arts, which was film, television, and sound. Hmm. And yeah, so studied all that stuff in school. Worked at the audiovisual department at the school, and uh, ended up fixing film cameras and, you know, repairing cables and doing all kinds of odd jobs at the audiovisual department, worked in the dark room, you know, monitoring the people that were developing stuff. So always had that, you know, background in in technology. My dad owned uh, a Super 8 movie camera. He was into making movies. So, uh, and I still have that camera today. I think I still have
0: mine too. Yeah. I'd have to look.
1: (laughs) try to find a place to develop the film is another, another Try to find the film. (laughs) Yeah, true. There's a, there's actually a resurgence of film coming. I just saw a report about, there's a company in the U.S. that is growing and all they do is develop 35 millimeter film, either uh, black and white or color. Hmm. And it's, it's growing like crazy. Um, When people see the grain for the first time who have only done digital, they're like wow that is amazing it's like a whole other world you know yeah and it's uh, it's it's addictive you know and you want that you want that feel so uh, it's actually getting a resurgence as is vinyl records mm-hmm. and uh, analog audio you know? the real stuff yeah
0: maybe yeah, we'll have par stuff.
1: 64s at some time uh, in the future <laughs> <laughs> that i highly doubt <laughs> I'm not moving those dimmers ever again. No, I'm just not, I'm not
0: doing it. Especially that four, uh, <laughs> That 400 uh, uh, amp uh, transvol. That's 600 oh my watt. God. Uh, oh, 600 geez. volt.
1: <laughs> I just had one of those on a show about a month ago. So. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, at a Cijep got a job at uh, an audiovisual company that I don't want to name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyone that knows me knows where I worked, but uh, I, I slaved there for um, a, a few years. Um, and I realized that that is not what I wanted to do. Um, from there, I got a job at uh, at Bombardier Aerospace in their audiovisual department okay. and uh, serviced all the different departments internally, um, whether it was photography. They had their own darkroom as well, or if it was videotaping, you know, airplanes taking off, or hanging out of a helicopter, shooting water bombers, doing uh, drops on on fires, a lot of really really cool stuff. Uh, then the, that that department got closed down. They outsourced it everything to you know other companies, and I was just right place right time with a bunch of uh, friends. We opened Laurent Group, and we continued servicing uh, Bombardier for their uh, events. And since then, diversified a little bit, and um, that's where I am today. So that's how I got to where I am. Wow! So, and, and <laughs> you're still
0: active right now. I mean, even uh, you know, with COVID and all that, you you still have gigs going on. You must do a lot in, in the states, I suppose, right?
1: Yeah, we do actually. Um, I was in uh, I was in Vegas in this in September doing a big uh, show for Bombardier. They do a, a yearly trade show there that um, where all the OEMs that make airplanes get together. And uh, it's kind of like a showroom for airplanes. The exact same event that you worked on in, in Atlanta, oh, okay. actually. So that uh, event happened this year, surprisingly. Um, it was very different, very difficult uh, with being tested constantly and, uh, you know, wearing masks all the time. Um, it, it was the new normal. It yeah. seemed, um, but other than the the odd live event that actually happens, we've been we've had to pivot like everybody else, and you know learn how to uh, to do these events online. And the studio I'm sitting in right now is uh, used m- mainly as a video studio for putting together virtual events. Mm. Um, and at, at one point, when when COVID. Was at its hey, like at its height. Um, we had four of these studios rolling all at the same time. Um, it's it's simmered down quite a bit with the, the states opening up as much as they have. But uh, when we were all closed down there, it was it was hard to find enough people to do what we know how to do. So uh, yeah, but it's kind of leveled off now, thankfully. So we're in another transition between you know doing less uh, virtual and more on site. But um, labor is still an issue, and I think it will be for
2: quite yeah, a
0: while. Yeah, it will be for a while. I mean, a lot of, uh, and I, I mention this every time I, I speak to somebody, uh, mm. a lot of uh, experienced guys have moved on to something
1: else. Well, anyone half, with half a brain would <laughs> 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 would move on to anything else. Like, why wouldn't you if yeah. you had that chance?
0: Yeah, and then. But no, and no, then you get a life. Which yeah. we didn't have before, right? <laughs>
1: well, but then you also you lose a lot, and yeah. you know you you lose that 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 sense of satisfaction when you've pulled off that's what seems impossible, and mm. you know you sit back after the last cue and you're like, holy crap, we pulled it off! Like, uh, wow, that was amazing. So, I've had a lot of those, and that's why we get up every day and go to work, you know, to have that that payoff. Yeah. Especially when there's a, a kabuki involved, it seems to always uh, have a bit more of a payoff when it actually falls correctly and yeah. everything
0: works. And I remember how many times uh, I've, during a gig or, yeah. and you know, you know, those complicated gigs where uh, mm. you're just burnt and you have to go on. And mm. at some point at 3, 4 a.m., you finish loading the truck after the gig and you shut the door <laughs> and and just before shutting the door you say never again i'm done i'm done <laughs> and as soon as the truck leaves you go
1: okay what's the next one <laughs> after you've had a night's sleep and you wake up in the morning that's that's maybe when you look for the next one <laughs> <laughs> yeah for some
0: reason we always go back to it so um yeah so you 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 actually put together those those corporate events i mean you you orchestrate all the technical aspects right i
1: I basically design the technical side of it absolutely Mm. i i by no means take care of registration or banners or or any of that kind of stuff it's really the audiovisual side of it so i part i'm i work very closely partner with our clients to to work out exactly what they need technically Um, they, they basically tell me what they're looking to do, what kind of emotion they're looking to, to, to portray. Um, and then we, you know, as a group, brainstorm as to how we can do that. Um, sometimes it's real straightforward and easy. Other times, you know, we've got to do research and actually develop software to make it happen. Um, that's happened quite a number of times. And those are the cool gigs where. You know the client comes to you and they say we have this this bicycle and we want the bicycle to be a competition between three people so there's three bicycles and whoever pedals the fastest for the most time wins how can we make that happen so <laughs> we we were like wow okay how do we do that so we ended up making a virtual race um, which was on three screens in front of these people. It was a video game. We had yeah. to develop a video game in in two months um, with <laughs> okay. sensors on the on the bikes, and you know, really um, dig into how to do this stuff. We, you know, I have to mention the brains behind that side of the business, and that's Ozzy Levesque. he's, uh, he's been with me forever, and uh, yeah, he's got Ozzy. this. Of okay. course, you, who doesn't? <laughs> you meet him once. <laughs> And you'll never forget him, so he's uh he's got this brain that just works differently than everyone else's, <laughs> and he can figure out these things or a way to do these things really really easily and quickly so um, we've had to do that a, a bunch of times in different projects where you know it's not off the shelf anymore it's we've got to develop hardware sensors, software that make it run. Um, it's pretty exciting actually when it when it all works, and, yeah. Yeah, and, and I suppose
0: it. that there's a few sleepless nights among that.
1: Oh, of course, that's that's on most projects, right? Mm. Um, yeah, anyone that thinks this is nine to five, uh, no, <laughs> they're no, the absolutely
0: wrong. not. Well, it, they're in the wrong business. Do you recall a time where it just didn't happen?
1: Not yet. Oh, I'm so happy not for yet. you. <laughs> yeah, I am knocking on wood very vigorously here. <laughs> wow. But, um, I am probably pretty fortunate that that I haven't had a complete and utter failure. Um, part of that is the people that I surround myself with mm-hmm. um, that are as dedicated as I am to the project. And I mean, if you if that weren't the case, I could see people giving up at 2 am and going, no, this is not my problem anymore. I'm out of here, right? Mm. Um, but no, i've I've always had unbelievable crews unbelievable and people and that's those are the ones I keep asking to come back right it's like well you kind of you-
0: attract them too I mean you're you're one of the best people I've had the privilege to work with wow uh yeah thank you because I, it's I, the I way was you treat s- people too
1: well thank you um I was very saddened when you left the uh the live event industry because um you, you were also a joy to work with and I would have had you back every single gig if 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 you were only available. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> Keep my number. <laughs> you never know.
0: Now, I, I, I don't. Don't get me wrong. I love my grandfather job right now. <laughs> yeah. I bet. I, yeah, I, I like the uh, the comfort of it. Um, but I do miss the action. I do miss the tours, and I, uh, yeah, all all that stuff and the challenge. And, yeah, it's
1: it's like a mother that gives birth. They once they've given birth, they forget at how difficult it mm-hmm. was, That's and right. they just want to have another one, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank- Ask me again if I accept a gig and at three a.m. nothing's working, and
1: <laughs> what did I get myself into? I forgot exactly. that part. <laughs> The worst is when you don't know why something doesn't work. Like, yeah. And you don't have a backup, so you've got to figure out how to make this one work, right? Mm-hmm. I remember that's, one
0: that's time it. we were doing, I, I don't remember if it was one of your gigs. Uh, we were doing this huge screen with multiple projectors. And at one point, one of the projectors just let go. Uh, which normally doesn't happen because there's backups and backups and whatever. Mm. But I don't know. For some reason, at that time, we lost a projector. And uh, so there was like one black spot on a Ouch. 100-foot screen. Yeah, maybe I should turn my phone off. <laughs> I was waiting for your call. <laughs> <laughs> so that at, at that time, that black spot, uh, I was working with Yen. And um, he looked at me and he says, what what can we do? I said, well, let's just grab a couple of movers and I'll just fake it. (laughs) And I'll blend in some colors that look like the rest of the screen. (laughs) Lucky enough, it was like just scenery. So, uh, yeah, and I was changing the the colors and the the, the textures as the scenery was changing. And, uh, yeah, we got away with
1: it that time. (laughs) as long as they paid the bill right (laughs) yeah
0: yeah exactly well sometimes the client will know the effort you put into it and 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 they'll know how far you went to deliver and even if sometimes there's there's always something that goes wrong right so uh some clients will just say well yeah you you know you you did everything you could you know
1: it's funny i've been told many times there's no such thing as the perfect gig Mm -hmm. ever It just you know, there will always be something that you could have done better, could have been better. Um, so as long as as you're willing to not achieve perfection, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll be very successful in this business. Well,
0: I'll be um, honest with you. Um, a lot of times during my career, uh, the client was satisfied with me being at 40% of myself. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah that's, that's not a, a way to motivate anybody <laughs> no exactly but
0: you know it's 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 life right it, it, i i yeah. i say it because you know it's it's at a certain time you, you you blame yourself for well i could have this done this i could have been better i could yeah, you know, for sure whether you know whether it's motivated or not um at some point you just can't deliver well you can't deliver what you know you can deliver but a mm. lot of times it's uh it, there's extra stuff you can do to make yourself happy but that are not necessarily you know required to deliver the job
1: yeah I'll agree with that Um, that's that's why we do this you you need to constant you want to get better each time right you want to you want to outdo the last show you did if if you keep delivering the same show over and over again you know you'll get bored and not want to do it yeah so I'm always looking for somehow to make it either more efficient, more fun, more enjoyable, something better to watch. Mm. Um, you know, uh, a a good show is either easy to deliver or easy to watch,
2: Mm.
1: but it's not going to be both. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, indeed. If it, yeah, if it was easy to watch, uh, it meant it wasn't easy to deliver. Mm. That's usually how it goes anyway.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: Okay. I I thought you were. That's all I had. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) So uh, there's there's a part of you, uh, like I know the corporate part of you, and I I was aware that you were a musician. Uh Oh. Yeah, I got to go there. (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay, let's go there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was aware that you were a musician. I knew you were playing keyboards, and that's about all I knew. And and recently, I see uh, something about a uh, a Queen. Um, actually, it's a, a Queen tribute. tribute. yeah, yeah. And uh, I've seen a, a couple of video clips, and I've seen pictures, and uh, it's it's not one of those cheap versions that that I've seen you know elsewhere I mean this looks a lot like the real thing to me I wow can't, can't wait. Well,
1: that's nice talk to hear.
0: to me thank you well, I mean I'm not I, I've I've brought this up to Queen because that's what I know about you but what's the
1: story behind it so like many people in the audiovisual business <laughs> um, they seem to be musicians as well Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of not a it's not a huge leap from one to the other um you know you're pushing cases around till the wee hours of the morning loading trucks um moving around doing shows so it's it was natural for me i was actually a musician first okay probably like yourself i think yeah um well i only started in 69 (laughs) (laughs) okay so I think music was first, um, as it was for me. I started when I was five years old in '73. So uh, taking piano lessons and well, I was yeah, five years there- old too. So now, now you can tell our ages. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, so I you know started in piano lessons like a lot of kids do. Um, from there, um, my my family were were very church oriented and uh, joined the choir at our church uh, because I wanted to play. I wanted to play Mm -hmm. piano in different environments. So I did that for a while. Um, Then in school, I joined my first band in high school, uh, you know, jamming on on cover songs. Um, And then in CGEP, joined a, a, a band which was a little more professional and had original songs and were actually trying to do something with it. Band was called Simon Says. And uh, we had an album in, you know, after I left uh, CGEP, had an album, we toured with it, uh, had a bit of airplay, um, you know, marginal success. I did that for about 10 years. Um, and that, that was, I think, my one shot at it because everyone says, you know, you have a shot and you got to take your shot and that was it. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work out. And I was resigned to the fact, okay, I'm not going to be a professional musician. I got to move on and it'll always be a hobby, but I've got to find something that is going to pay the bills and audiovisual was it. And I understood XLR cables and I knew how <laughs> they worked. So I, I figured I could figure out the rest of it. So, um, so yeah, that's how I got into audiovisual because I left music. Um, but it was always a love of mine. So I, I stayed, you know, active in music and, and you know, was in a couple of cover bands here and there, um, recent, well, no, recently it's been 15 years now. Um, I've, I joined a, uh, a queen tribute band with the singer from Simon Says. So he, oh. he, uh, had been d- performing as Freddie Mercury in a tribute in, in uh, Europe for many, many years and was looking to move home. And he's like, look, I, I, I want to move back to Canada. Can, would you be interested in putting this band together? So the drummer from Simon Says, the guitar player, myself, hired a, a few other people and created uh, Queen Flash. And it's been growing every year. It seems to get bigger and bigger. And, you know, we've played on a few cruises and we've played a lot over the around the U.S. Um, we played recently at uh, the the Hard Rock Cafe in Times Square. So... We're getting out there and, and playing yeah, some gigs, small places. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so how how do you manage to, you know, That's... to to do your AV uh, AV? I, I say job, sure. but it's more a career. Um, how do you manage well, both? I mean, I understand playing in a band is is uh, is pretty taking. I mean.
1: It it can be at the, at the beginning anyway when you you know you need to rehearse a lot. Yeah. Um. Luckily we've been at this so long now that we, we don't actually need to rehearse. It's not like there's more material to learn. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Once, once you've got, <laughs> once you've got the, the repertoire of tunes, um, the top 20, 30 songs that that Queen ever had, it's not like you got to learn anything else. So, mm. um, like that so that side of it is is pretty uh, pretty easy. Um, The other point is I actually book Queen Flash. So I I can see when my schedule is open, when my schedule isn't, (laughs) and uh, I'm able to wrangle the two together. Um, But honestly, it's very, very rare that I have to decline a Queen Flash show because it's always on a weekend. It's always a Friday night or a Saturday, and there's no corporate work usually on a Friday night or a Saturday. So Uh Um, I'm lucky that way that I can juggle the two um you know everything is closed right now so it's it's not really an issue Mm. but last summer we played i think 35 nights um throughout the summer um we were you know making up for all the gigs that we had to postpone so we were playing every weekend um all over the place from you know all the way down to south carolina to past ohio so Hmm, if you yeah. had
0: the opportunity, would you do that full time?
1: If it paid enough, but that's the problem. Um, well, that was music.
0: Uh, that was sort of my hidden question. Yeah, I mean, could you make a living love- out of it?
1: Um, I could make a modest living out of it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. I couldn't support, you know, um, a five-person family like I have. Yeah. Um, On on a musician's salary, it's just not feasible. Um, I'm not sure at what level you'd have to be at to be able to do that, but I don't think the tribute band route is it, unless uh, unless I'm missing something, but the math just (laughs) doesn't add up. Um, but it's it's my passion, right? It's it was my first love, and uh, I, I will always be a musician till the till the day I die. Um, so as as long as I can always have something to do musically, it's great. So you know, uh, this this Queen tribute band is is making pretty decent money right now. We're traveling in a in a pretty nice vehicle, mm-hmm. so it's it's not like the old days of you know traveling in beat up old trucks that that break down all the time. Um, it's it's a lot more uh, civilized, which makes it a lot more fun. And you know that you're not on every each other's nerves in, in, in the truck because you're comfortable and you're having a good day, you know. So it's it's still a lot of fun to do. So as long as it's fun, I'll keep doing it. Yeah.
0: Well, I wouldn't go back to the days of beating old beeping up trucks and no, uh, you know, <laughs> repairs in the middle of the night and whatever. Uh, I wouldn't go back to that, but it's you know, I think of it as good times. Oh, yeah, at, at the time, you know, when we had the energy and we the, maybe the carelessness <laughs> to do it well,
1: and you know, zero responsibility back then, right so yeah. it, it was it was it was all about today it wasn't about tomorrow, it was about right now so let's let's have fun, let's go out and and, and you know get get drunk and have a good time, <laughs> you know so <laughs> be careful what i say um so today it's it's not about that it's it's about i I love the people i play with right now um they're like brothers and and sisters to me they're they're fabulous people i like to be around them um if it weren't for that i don't think i'd be doing it so it's i don't see it as a a job and i don't see it as a, a possible replacement for my company but um, I see it as a really, really cool pastime. <laughs> All right, that's, that's a lot of fun.
0: Well, that's cool, and uh, you—you got to let me know when you're in the area. I want to see that show.
1: Yeah, sure. Okay, for sure. I, I mean, at one point I know. saw
0: you were in, in Brassard.
1: Yeah, we play there quite often at uh, Le Club in yeah. uh, Brassard. Well, let yeah. me know well, next time you're there. That's ten I minutes shall. from
0: where I live, so.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Um, going uh, back to, Elron. Yeah, um, I, this I got this weird question. I mean, what is the weirdest or more most challenging thing you had to do on on one of those
1: gigs? Hmm. I I think the weirdest. Well, yeah, it's it's probably not the same event. Uh, weirdest, <laughs> well, you know, and you most know,
0: challenging. You, there could be two or three answers. I <laughs> I got all the time in the world. I have 32 right. gigs of
1: memory here. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's eat it up. Yeah. Um, so most challenging is usually when there's many companies involved in a project. I find that's usually the most challenging shows. Um you know that there's a company doing decor there's mm-hmm. a company doing uh catering there's another company doing uh, whatever it is c- red carpet and somebody uh, else is doing the bringing back the, memories you know so <laughs> when you've got all those companies involved and everyone thinks that their bit of the project is the most important including myself mm-hmm. because that, to me that is the most important right yeah but to the caterer you know their heaters are the most important thing to have functional so um but what i've learned over the years is to take that step back and look at it as a as a project and that everybody is working for the same goal to have a successful event and as soon as you can get everybody else involved on that same page the better your event's going to be because then the caterer cares about the decor guy and the decor guy cares about the guy bringing in the statues and you know all the way around the 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 table so I usually at the first first meeting try to you know instill that in everybody and really make sure that they understand that you know I know your bid is important but let's think if if I don't succeed you're probably not coming back as well so um let let's think of this as a team effort and if there's anything I can do to help you I will definitely be there to do it. And hopefully it's vice versa, you know? Um, but when they're not in that mindset, that's when it gets challenging. And
0: mm. you know, it all comes down it, to it, attitude.
1: It sure does. Yeah. Um, you know, anybody could bring a, a truck full of gear to a, to an event. Right. Mm. But um, it, it's having the right people and the right people skills within those people to have that event be successful. And it's, I'll, I'll say it all, all the time. It's all about the team. It's all about the people that are there. Um, and that's definitely the most important thing. And it is becoming the hardest part of this job is getting the right people there because the people that are left are super busy mm-hmm. and you know, a lot of them have left, uh, left the business and that's, that's the struggle. So I'm, I'm having to, you know, relay that message to the client end of things. And say, look, it's, this is not pre-COVID times. Um, we have got to think differently about your event. And you can't spring these things on me a couple of weeks out. It's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a different world right now. So um, yeah, well, that's um, probably the most challenging.
0: Yeah, I guess it'll make people realize that there's, uh, there's a lot involved in asking things at the last minute and being unorganized. Um, I remember going to a venue once, and uh, there was a sign backstage that said, uh, "Your lack of organization does not necessarily become our emergency." Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> There's another thing that's um, uh, that, that, that's that's running in my mind, and and I say this often, but. I think in French and I speak in English, so sometimes the words come out <laughs> funny. So if I say something that doesn't make sense, just let me know, I'll rephrase it. <laughs> but there's one thing I'd like to know, the transition between when you were working at Bombardier and when you started Aileron, um, You know, How did that happen for you? I mean they at that one one time you've got this secure job and then all of a sudden or I don't know how fast that happened but then you find out that you don't have that job anymore and uh, you got to get creative turn around and do something else how did that ha- how did you live that how did you get through that
1: it was it was probably the scariest time of my life because exactly that I went from you know the cushy you know career job that I thought was going to last forever <laughs> to having to pivot real quick and come up with a plan and 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 you and, had a family you know, at
0: that time, right?
1: I did. Yeah, I did. I had a family and I basically rolled the dice, um, you know, put uh put everything I own on the line and mm. and hope that the dice comes up right, you know. Wow. So, yeah, it was it was pretty scary. I was kind of it, I wasn't as brave as you think. I had no choice. (laughs) It was one of those things. The writing was on the wall at Bombardier. They were definitely going to close the department. I jumped ship before the ship started sinking. Oh, okay. I jumped, which was just pure, pure luck. I I quit Bombardier. I still can't believe I did it. (laughs) The end of August, 2001. So I think it was August 27th was my official departure date. We all know what happened September eleventh, two
2: thousand
1: and one. Mm-hmm. Um, two less than two weeks later, so I quit my job, and then the whole world stopped. Yeah, and I was like, "What have I done? Like, this is crazy." Um. So, you know, I thought real long and hard about what I what I could do to to save this situation. And, you know, Bombardier were already thinking of outsourcing, but 9-11 just accelerated it, you know, immediately. So I was like, okay, I know this is coming. Let's plan and and get a plan together. So it's, you know, two of my friends um, and myself uh, decided to put a business plan together, present it to a bank, get a loan, get get an office, get everything up and running. And then we, we were ready. The soon as they closed the department... We were already up and running. So, and How sure
0: were you to pick up that contract? Not at all, right? 50-50. 50-50. Well, you did yeah. have a foot in the door, right?
1: I did. I was lucky enough to have a foot in the door, and I knew a lot of people internally. So, But it was still a, a gamble. Um, hmm. the, my boss at Bombardier did the exact same thing. He set up his own company at the same time. And we turned into competitors hmm. overnight. You know, I, I didn't know he was doing that. He didn't know I was doing that. No. Next thing we know, we're bidding on the same shows. And I'm like, what is going on? And I'm like, I don't have a chance. I'm bidding against the guy who was my boss. Um, but it was funny. I I serviced a lot of clients internally that I got along with really well. And so did he, so there was actually room for both of us and we ended up working together on a couple of things, but um, it it was kind of natural the way it it kind of just happened. The people that I used to service when I was internal just kept coming to me because they knew that I knew what they needed Mm -hmm. and it's the same for him. So it kind of, we kind of just naturally worked out the right way without us even trying. So, wow. But it was still a scary, scary time. I mean, I, I was, I was not, uh, sleeping at night. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I can, I can understand. Hmm. So if you were to go back to that period, would you oh, do everything no. the same way you did,
1: <laughs> you know, with what you know now? <laughs> oh my God. Um, uh, pro- with what I know now, I, I would probably associate with, different people than the, than the two friends that I associated with. Okay. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I I would probably look for someone with a bit of experience in business, maybe Uh Uh, that might've been a good, uh, good asset. Cause none of us knew what we were doing. We, Mm. we were like, you know, people that had been working for other people all our lives. And suddenly we need to deal with banks and lawyers and insurance companies and overnight we're like what have we gotten ourselves into like this is crazy um what we need 10 million of liability insurance what (laughs) like Mm -hmm. where where do you get that i don't know um yeah thank god for for you know the, the internet and and friends that were already in business that that helped me along the way here and there but uh Yeah, it was crazy. What we did was stupid. Don't anyone listening, don't do it that way. Don't just jump in without a plan. Um, Uh, I read a book
0: once that kind of explained (laughs) why most businesses fail. Uh, and, and, you know, in short, it's passionate people who love to do what they do and they want to be their own bosses and they want to have their own companies and the big, biggest mistake that somebody can do is working in their company rather than working on their company. Mm, Yeah. So you're kind of working for yourself, which doesn't really make sense. You should have other people working for you and you should be managing your company and managing a company is
1: not the thing that you love to do. Exactly the problem. Exactly. I I don't want to do invoicing. I don't want to do projections. I don't want to, you know, do uh, year ends. I don't want to do that stuff. I want to produce events. So I what I do do is I, the stuff that I hate to do, I'll do early in the morning. So when I come into work, I know that that's the stuff I have to do. And that allows me or rewards me the time to work on actual events in the afternoon. So that's how I organize my day. It doesn't work for everybody, but um, I, I do the, the, the stuff I don't like to do first. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the other I, solution is
0: to outsource it. But normally that creates conflict because if you're outsourcing, that means you're dealing with somebody who's going to stop you from doing what you want to do a lot of times. True. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Because the numbers don't work out. And, you know, and I've been through it also. I mean, it's sometimes you want to do something so much that you just don't care about the numbers. You just, you hide them. You don't want to see them and you go ahead and do it. And, and I've been there. Yeah. And, and today I'm I'm glad I did. I wouldn't do it again.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing I, mean, I didn't know what I was doing at the time.
1: <laughs> there are times when I mean, you're a lighting guy. Um there are times that you know, I'll say, "Look, I I I know we don't need 10 vipers on this show, but we're going to put them because it's going to be so bloody cool." Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Whatever it is, you know, um it funny though that when we're talking about business, um I've gotten to know this this guy. it's a bit of a long story, but his name is Alex Lindsay, and he's a an event producer. he's turned into a sole virtual event producer. He's from California, and at the beginning of the pandemic, um I'd been following him a while on on Twitter, and he he's um pretty smart guy and he, he he's been doing events a very long time um he started in in film and got into 3d design and he, anyway now he's a show producer and he started this group called office hours at the beginning of the pandemic and what it was is his way of giving back to the community um time for questions people that had to you know, pivot, get their business online, start doing online events. They needed information. They needed a a place to go to ask a question and get an answer. So every single day since the beginning of the pandemic in March, 2020, he's been hosting an online uh, Zoom event every morning uh, from six to nine uh, in the West, uh, West Coast. So um, that's like nine to noon here. Um, and it's a, it's a group of guys that do what we do and they all get online and it's, it's run, the show is run by the questions. Um, so if, if you need to know why your Blackmagic camera is not talking to your Blackmagic, uh, whatever, ATEM Mini Pro, Um, you go on there, you tell them what your problem is and somebody on the panel will have an answer for you and tell you exactly why it's not working Hmm. because there's probably 20, 30 people on the panel every morning and they're from all different walks of life. If it's, you know, video, audio sound, whatever it is, um, this community is growing and growing. They're, um, they're just about to launch what's called office hours 2.0 which is a 100% virtual professional show. Um, Basically looks like uh, network television, but is produced with Zoom, 1080p, uh, everyone in their own homes, and cut and produced like an actual television show. And it's again, questions from the audience about media and technology. So I, I would highly suggest anybody that's interested in that kind of thing to to go check it out. It's office hours um, at no, officehours.global is where you would go. Um, and I'm, I'm on the panel every so often when I when I have time, and I'll answer the odd question that that comes my way that I have experience in. Um, but there's probably a few thousand people that rotate through the panel and. Um, I'll take their turns to, you know, man the panel and and answer questions. And uh, it's quite an amazing group of people. Um, It's open to everybody. Um, Doesn't matter what your skill level is or um, what, you know, where you're from. There are people from all over the world on it. Um, I've met guys. I'm I'm friends now with people from Australia, South Africa, Germany, um, tons throughout the U.S., Um, And the cool thing is, is now I know that if if I have an event in, you know, Cape Town, South Africa, I know the guy to call if I have an issue because I've gotten to know him over the, over this, this pandemic time, which it's, so it's always good to, to, you know, broaden your, your network and get to know people, but it's also given back and it's, it's a really positive community, um. I'd highly suggest you check it out.
0: So. I, I certainly will. I mean, I've been in all sorts of associations, and this is probably the m- most coolest thing I've ever seen. And this uh, this is an original idea.
1: It, and- it is. Um, I started telling the story because one of Alex's things to say is, um, you you need to work yourself out of a job in your own company. You shouldn't have. I'd like on a show, let's say, if, if you're running an event, don't give yourself the, you know, the the show caller role or the mm-hmm. video switch role or you, you don't have a role. You need to trust the people around you and, and put people in, in, in those, in the chairs that you need to put and your job is to manage the client. That is your only job and you're make so sure right. that the, the show goes off without a, a hitch. Right. You're so, so right. So I'm striving. I'm striving for that. it's not an easy one
0: (laughs) even listen i'm in the position of the technician okay i'm the guy who does the lights and i have to refer to somebody who who's on top of the show so that i can get answers or or so that i can give information to and when that person is busy operating something else it drives me crazy
1: yeah it it really doesn't make sense Hmm. and you know, I've been guilty of it for many years. Um, I've always known that that is an issue. <laughs> it's just so hard to let go. Yep. It's really, really hard to let go. I, I hear it's freeing. That's what I hear. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: I understand. And, well, and sometimes we'll it's just quicker to do it yourself, or it's just comforting to do it yourself. Yeah. And uh, yeah. But then again, you know, putting the right people in the right places is also a challenge.
1: Absolutely. You you need to have, you know, 100% confidence in that person that they're going to do what you think should be done. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, that, but what I'm realizing is being a Jack of all trades. Um, there are people that are specialized in every one of those roles (laughs) that are probably much, much better at it than I am. So I, I, I am realizing that and, uh, you know, the, my my last step is the show caller role. That's what I've been doing for the last few shows. And I need to stop doing that. So if you know, if <laughs> you know any good show callers, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I sure will. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. I
0: mean, it's um, how many technical directors have asked me, you know, well, I'd like to learn to, to operate a, a light board. I said, oh, sure. No problem. All you have to do is do it full time. <laughs>
1: End of I'll conversation. Be honest. Yeah. Exactly. That is the one position I can't do. Funny enough, I, I could sit at any anybody else's desk on a show and operate it. You know, I'd get by. But uh, well, it's as, like anything, to program I'm, that lighting yeah. board, forget it. Well, it's, it's not going to happen. The thing about the lighting board
0: is that it becomes an extension of your brain, it becomes an extension of your, of your hands, of your intention. It's just a right. tool. That's all it is. But your all the work is happening inside your head, and if your head is right. busy, you know, managing this and that, you you won't get. Oh, sure, the lights will turn on. Sure, you'll have you know light cues and whatever, and you'll probably have the key lighting you need, but you won't have that yep. finishing touch. Absolutely, because not. you right. you just can't put all your attention into it. So that's why, and and that's why I've I've worked with people who um who probably uh weren't very liked in the business because they absolutely needed to have a head electric with them they absolutely needed to have a team around them and all they did was sit down and program and you know they'd get to a show and they'd go to the hotel and do their thing while the other guys were setting up and the other guys were running after mm-hmm. the staff and all that and these guys were walking in as stars sitting behind their their consoles and programming and you, you probably know who i'm talking about um <laughs> and maybe yeah and thanks to, to thanks to those people i've I, I had I had some cool gigs because you know they were kind of uh, shoved aside and after a few years, I realized that you know they weren't totally wrong because they they could put all their energy in into making the magic happen into mm. doing the stuff that you just don't have the energy to do if you're brain dead because you were setting up for fourteen hours so yeah after a while, I understood that. And I figured, you know, and you know, when I've said at the beginning of the interview, when I said I was 40% of myself sometimes, and it did the job Mm. and the client was happy, not because I had drank the night before, but it was probably because I had been setting up for 16 hours or something like that. And I was just brain dead. And I was running on autopilot.
1: Yeah, so you can still deliver, but I could have done a lot better too, you know, It's funny because as as a producer, I should know as well that when the lighting guy is asking me if I need help with the video wall because it's not working, my knee jerk is, oh, that's great. He's willing to pitch in and help and be a team player. But I'm learning now to say no to that Mm -hmm. and say no, because I don't want both the lighting and the video wall to fail now because, you know, because you're you're now been taken away from the job you're here for mm. trying to help somebody else. So it's it's a it's a tricky thing, right? It's it's yeah. it's that balance between being a team player wanting to help but not sac- not at the at the expense of your own job, right? So um it's it's there's there's a guy that comes to mind who works with me a lot and he's super wanting to help all the time. And I I actually have to tell him, dude, it's good. It's good. Just, Mm -hmm. just program your board. Sometimes it's
0: necessary. I understand sometimes there's a panic and, 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 you know, you need all the help you can get. Um, and, or the budget just isn't there. I mean, right. There, there's been, you know, I don't think you're at that level anymore. But uh, there's a lot of productions that out happens. there that just don't have the budget, and you know, you have to get everybody to do everything. So I,
1: I don't, I try not to take those shows anymore. But <laughs> um, they, they, it happens, though, sometimes for sure. Um, it, you know, it, part of being a, a team player is looking out and making sure everyone's able to do the job they're there to do right Mm -hmm. um it's not only helping out everybody else um but uh you know you you were one of those guys that would always pitch in no matter what was you know bombs going off all around you you would be one of those guys that were willing to help no matter what the job was if it was hanging curtain you would you would pitch in and do it I, i i remember seeing you doing stuff that was way out of your wheelhouse so you get it for sure. Um, yeah.
0: Well, sometimes being in a nice being a nice guy is a good thing, and sometimes it's a bad yeah. thing. Yeah. They, it, they finish it, last. from it, what I hear <laughs> mostly, yeah, yeah, that's right. And it mostly <laughs> depends on who you're working for. If you're working yeah. for somebody who understands, uh, you're good. If you're working for somebody who always wants more, then then you got to pull back. You know. You, you, yep. You got to impose. So.
1: I I still find it amazing that I'm still learning how to do this job. (laughs) (laughs) When you stop
0: stop learning, the the, the candle will (laughs) blow (laughs) out and you're, yeah, you're just going to lose it. So you got to keep learning.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And, you know, the tech side of me still wants to learn. And that's a big reason I go to office hours every morning is to, to, to learn, to learn stuff. Um, I'm, I'm a naturally inquisitive person. You know, I, I mm-hmm. want to know why, th- how stuff works. And I think that's why my, you know, my vice principal saw that in grade four, you know, that I was very, uh, inquisitive and wanted to know how things worked. So, uh, yeah, he, he lit that fire in me and it's still lit. It's still going. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's just one little thing that, Absolutely. that kicks it off.
1: Well, yeah. uh,
0: Matthew. It's, uh, how long have we been talking? About an hour now. <laughs> this, Yeah, about that. That was really cool. Listen, uh, you know, before we sign off, is, is there anything, a message you'd like to leave to, to people, Think, uh, something that's in your head that you would like other people to remember?
1: Sure. Um, the, the world is a different place than it was two years ago and, um, be kind be mm-hmm. kind to the people around you. Um, be kind to the person at the other side of that counter, the other end of that phone. Every single person you talk to or interact with these days are going through something or have lost somebody or are you know challenged because of somebody didn't show up for work that day. Whatever it is, be kind. Simple.
0: That is a very wise message, and I agree Thank with you. it. And actually, the first time I heard that "be kind" was in, uh, you know, the series Kung Fu back in the seventies. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. That the yeah. master—that was his advice. Be kind. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, things like that you don't
0: forget. Right? <laughs> yeah,
1: well, I've been I've been preaching that for the last at least year and a bit. It's because mm. uh, you know you just see people that don't understand that it's a different place right now. Yeah. Than what it used to be, so. Um, be a little more patient. That's
0: right. That's right. So um, just one last question. Uh, with your band, uh, Queen Flash, yeah. Uh,
2: yeah.
0: do you have any gigs booked coming up? Uh,
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So what's uh, what's coming up? We're playing Quebec City on the 28th. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an indoor venue that has balconies it's a hotel and they have balconies that overlook an uh, indoor uh, atrium oh yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's it's what called it? uh, yeah. the pala- pala- palace no. palace royal palace Royale. what it's okay. called yeah it's downtown uh, quebec city and uh we're playing there on the friday cool we were supposed to play chez maurice uh, the saturday the 29th but uh mm. that's not happening no um and then we got some gigs in calgary the same thing uh, indoor uh indoor, uh, hotel that's uh, got balconies mm. on each room. So that's what, uh, we've been reduced to right now. Yeah. Um, in March, we've got a bunch of shows in, uh, in the States, uh, Atlantic city and stuff like that. So cool. And we'll be back at Le Club, I think in April or May, something like that. So I'll let you know when we're there. Yeah, I'll get please you down.
0: do. Please do.
1: They got a killer lighting rig there. It's, it's really cool. That's Le Club. Yeah. Is still Dominique yeah. Marissette, the, Nick the, uh, the it legend. He sure is. Yeah, you know. a good friend of mine. He's a wonderful, per- not only a wonderful person, a wonderful LD. He yes. is amazing. Yeah, very Love talented
0: and a very nice guy too. I, I, I worked with him yeah. a few times. Like A lot of LDs I never work with because we do the same thing, right? right? Yeah. Uh, but for some <laughs> reason we wound up, I, I remember this one gig we were doing in Kennewaukee, um mm. it was a, a, a huge tent and we had the the, uh, the beach boys there uh, the original oh, cool. beach boys or what's wow. left of them yeah, yeah and and there was they had their lighting guy that that came and uh there were supposed to be two uh, local guys doing the follow spots and they didn't show up as business as usual <laughs> so then i look at them, and i said well you take the left one i take the right one he says yeah sure <laughs> so then we go up and, and there was it was so noisy in there. The LD was trying to call the shots, and we couldn't hear a thing over the clear com. So I just climbed down <laughs> the, the scaffold, went over the light guy, tapped on his shoulder. I said, dude, I know these guys. You can't believe how much I know these songs. I think I know them better than you do. Don't worry about it. I know who does what. This. It'll be fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's great. So anyway, that was ask- one thing i did with (laughs) dom i gotta ask him about that when i see him next oh i'm pretty sure he remembers (laughs) wonderful um congrats on this uh web uh, not webcast it is a podcast congrats on this podcast thank you um it i've i've listened to a few of them it's very enjoyable and you do a a great interview so congrats wow thank you very much you've you found your your little niche i like it
0: <laughs> who would have thought when i used to listen to a wkrp in cincinnati back <laughs>
1: Les nesman last nesman i loved that show that was a wonderful show
0: yeah that that was really cool what was the guy's name the um Herb Tarlick uh, and uh, Herb was the salesman. Johnny Johnny Fever. Johnny Fever. Yeah, he was my favorite.
1: <laughs> oh Yeah, well. he was excellent. The, the, but the best was um, the, the the what do you call it? The Thanksgiving episode with when the turkeys were flying out of the helicopter. So <laughs> just watch it. Look up WKRP and it's it's theater of the mind because they didn't have budgets to do any kind of special effects, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's just uh it's just the reporter going like describing what he's looking at, but you're not seeing any of it, right? <laughs> so but it's priceless. They play it every every year. You seem to see it somewhere at uh, Thanksgiving. So uh, I'll have to have Look, to have a look that at up. That. <laughs> yeah. WKRP Thanksgiving, check it out.
0: All right. Cool. Cool, dude. Well, thank this you. This was
1: a lot of fun. All right, cool, man. Thanks so much for doing, for having me this. I I can't believe a huge pleasure. (laughs) I can't believe it.
0: All right. Take care, Matt. See you soon. Take care of yourself. uh? Good night.
1: All right. Take care. Bye-bye.
0: The Backstage Cowboys podcast is brought to you by AVL Media Group and Avolites, who make the best lighting consoles in the world. If you live in Canada, you now have access to the Avolites Academy online learning platform. The cost is $229, and that includes an editor Evo key delivered directly to your door. Head on over to BackstageCowboys.com and click on the EvoLights Academy logo to get all the details.